Francisco d'Antoni. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi viewers. Today we're very happy and glad to welcome Asim Qureshi, Research Director of Cage Prisoners, into our into our studio to discuss U.S. foreign policy in the war on terror, President Obama's uh, policy of drone strikes, sometimes turned uh, sometimes termed as the Obama Doctrine, uh, and discuss the implications of, of these policies. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi Asim. <coughs> you begin with referring to President Obama's presidency, the, the onset of his presidency uh, as a, a hopeful concert, as a hopeful event, uh, but then go on to criticize him. Sh sh should he not should he not be applauded at least for the the noble objectives that he had when he when when he became president? Absolutely. I mean, there's nobody, nobody more hopeful than me when I saw him sign the executive order uh, on the closure of Guantanamo when I heard him give the Cairo speech. So when, when people do things like that, they should be applauded um, for the efforts that they make. But you have to follow through. And our issue is the fact that he didn't follow through. And so in he... fact, you know, things haven't drastically changed that much since his uh, first term began. So you don't you don't feel that President Obama has moved in terms of moving to really the number of, of your article and what, what, what we're hoping to discuss today, U.S. foreign policy and its it stance on the war on terror. You don't you don't believe that the U.S. has moved under President Obama's uh, presidency in a positive direction in the war on terror? Well, I don't see it as much of a change in direction at all. I mean, you, the whole point about change in direction is that you change, but if you maintain the previous policies of what you were doing before then really there isn't much what change. And in change? fact, if, if anything, I would say that... Hasn't the U.S. been uh, ready to withdraw from Iraq? Were they ready to withdraw from, from Afghanistan? That sounds only, like a change. But they didn't really withdraw from Afghanistan because they're still there. And they never really withdrew from uh, Iraq because not only are, in, in some ways are they still there, but they're actually looking to come back in again. And so this whole idea that you know lessons have been learnt from the destruction and the mayhem that was caused post 2001 and then post 2003, you know, it leaves a lot of questions as to whether or not they're even willing to learn those lessons. And that I think is far more dangerous than somebody who simply fails to carry out what they're willing to do. You mentioned the the Bush Doctrine. Could you explain a little bit more about what what you mean by the Bush Doctrine? What, what is what is referred what is referred to as the Bush Doctrine? The Bush Doctrine was about preemptive strike. Um, that uh, you know there is a threat. It's an international law uh, argument that there is a threat, an emerging threat, and so we strike first in order to meet that potential threat and to neutralize it in advance. And this okay. is this was the Bush doctrine. Okay, so yeah. leading on from that, sh that that I think to many to many people would would seem like a, a, a sound rational position. Does does is are the actions of the US government therefore not justified the the acts the 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 foreign the foreign policy acts mm -hmm. uh, and measures uh, that the US government has has undertaken are justified it because the US mm -hmm. government is has a duty to protect its citizens Absolutely. it faces a threat mm -hmm. um and it you know as they often say prevention is better than cure i mean react it's better to take to do something first rather than react i mean i'm i, I myself am an advocate to say that the us had every right to defend itself after 9 11 
but, but preemptive the point attacks. Is, but the point is about necessity. Also is about, no, it's not. It's about necessity and proportionality. Every single military manual says the same thing. International law says the same thing. You have it has to be necessary and it has to be proportional, and that is what is missing with the invasion of Iraq. And what was missing, actually, I would say, with the invasion of Afghanistan as well in 2001. And it's been missing with the entirety of drone policy. Their, sure their, 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 um, their justification, surely, is that there is a network that exists mm -hmm. that, that, is, that, is a, that is a real active threat to U.S. interests and the interests of U.S. citizens. Mm -hmm, and by undertaking preemptive strikes and now moving on to President Obama's Drone, drone, drone strikes. They are seeking to dismantle this network. It, it, it's, it's, it's the obvious thing to do. Well, have they argue. dismantled it? They're seeking to do so. They're seeking. And well, this is the question. Okay, will they you effectively? Will they effectively dismantle um, the level of violence that we see by doing these things? Now, I would argue that ISIS does not exist without the invasion of Iraq in two thousand and three. So you say that they went into Iraq in order because of I think this that's link quite a between, controversial between, point of view. But well, it might well be controversial to you, but it's quite clear to me, based on what we see before us, that actually Al-Qaeda in Iraq don't exist without uh, the invasion in 2003. That Abu Musa al-Suri doesn't um, go on his particular path. That 17 of the leadership of ISIS don't end up at Camp Booker in Iraq, wearing orange jumpsuits, being uh, being subjected to sexual humiliation, okay. degradation, okay. and then go on to perpetrate those okay, same if we, crimes. Okay, if we can step back others. a little bit, if we can step back a little bit, um, uh, perhaps we'll give you give you more time to explore some of those ideas. So mm. We we picked up this this idea uh, which you lead in uh, into the article we, we're about about the Bush doctrine, mm. uh, which you've explained to be preemptive strikes. How how has President Obama? carried that forward in a, in what you believe to be a negative way and which you is is it yourself who's coined the term the Obama doctrine or is that being well I mean I did use it uh, potentially first but I'm not sure maybe other right okay so well. so explain to the viewers then how you believe things have actually been ratcheted up um, uh, to the to this new policy which you've turned the Obama doctrine well I mean my Obama doctrine idea really came out of not so much preemptive strike as much as Bush's policy of um, capture and detain. So, you know, during the post-2011 period, uh, 2001 period, they were capturing people in different parts of the world and putting them in detention without charge in detention camps all over the world. So in Bagram, secret detention sites, black sites, Guantanamo Bay, in hundreds of prisons across Iraq, Pakistan, uh, the, uh, the whole of North Africa, even uh, the Levant. And so you have this entire network of prisons, right, where people are held, without any kind of due process of the law. What I was suggesting with this article was that Obama, instead of um, going through the process of capturing and detaining, was actually simply executing people that, uh, the, in their view, were potentially dangerous. Because of the pressure, I presume, the administration felt from the human rights community that, that these yeah, prisons not, were shaming. It's not the human rights community's fault that people were tortured and they got exposed for it. It's the fault of the people who are torturing and perpetrating those crimes. Okay, you, you've <laughs> added this dimension of torture, which is perhaps somewhat controversial, and I'm sure representative of the U representatives of the torture. U.S. administration would, would would seek to to challenge that yeah. that view. But 
coming back to the, coming back to the, the point of the of the of the of the capture of the of the cap of the capture policy, these were individuals that were an existential threat to U.S. Sorry, interests. Sorry. You said were an existential threat. Sorry, well, but so how do you know? In, because the Americans told you, the same way they told us eight hundred people in Guantanamo Bay were terrorists only for 700 of them to be released without charge or trial. Are you talking mean, about the same people who make that kind of decision? It doesn't necessarily, of course, maybe? mean that they aren't, they don't possess no, I a agree. problem. No, I agree. I agree. And I know that there are groups out there that pose a problem. And even, I, even, and I, even, and I believe even, that they should be. Even, isn't it slightly fallacious yeah. to... I, I, I think nobody here would, would just seek to justify... No, you know, no... And I, I'm, I'm speaking even on, you know, in the mind of, of, of people from the US administration would seek to justify the imprisonment without charge or trial of individuals but that it's fallacious to say that those people just because they were unable to be tried aren't actually a threat or in some way a threat they weren't able to establish a case against well, them. Well for a start it's not fallacious but the second point is that actually that is the heart of the matter that what is the consequence of having a policy where a large number of people who haven't been involved in crimes are abused than those who may have been involved in crimes. This is the problem. And Guantanamo is, is a small representation of that, but drone policy is a much wider representation of that. We're talking about since 9-11, you know, according to studies... Uh, aren't most of the... Uh, I, mean, I shouldn't say most, but I'm sure you'll mention statistics. Many, at least, of, of the people that are killed, and any, any death, uh, un unnecessary or, you know, un... Uh, unintended death, I should say, it, it, it is is a tragedy. But some of the people killed in these drone in these drone strikes are terrorists. I agree. Are, are extremists. I agree. I've not. I've. But I've never said that I. I, I think anything other than. So the that. US is justified in 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 in, in targeting those that individuals. That is a different matter, whether or not they're justified in the way that they're carrying out their operations. I am totally fine with any country defending its interests. So you're okay with, with targeted killings? With necessity and proportionality. Look, drones are a an innovation in warfare, right? It's killing just through a different, another, another means. You However, seem to be saying the, something the different to your the, article the, here, Mr. The, the, no, no, not at all. My, the point that I'm making here is this, okay? That the rule of law for a start doesn't allow for extrajudicial killing. So that is the first thing that we have to look at. Even if we accept them, which I'm willing to concede, that there are certain circumstances within which they meet the principles of necessity and proportionality. So that's a military objective that they're achieving. They carry out their strike, the person is killed. But then what happens to all the collateral damage? So there's a, there's a political aspect to this as well as a legal. The political aspect is what happens on the ground when, when people in the region are picking up the limbs of children. I have met children in the north of Pakistan who have described to me what it was like to have a Hellfire missile destroying, these, these are, destroying yeah, their neighborhood, sure, sure. hearing the sounds of yeah. the trauma that they these, face. These, this and, is horrific, undoubtedly. Exactly, and, and that's why you are building an entire generation. Not the intention of the U.S. government, But surely. if the intention is to stop terrorism well, and you are building an entire new generation of people who 
have it in their minds that the only way to stop this is to continue attacking America, then you have failed in your mission. And that is the reality. Right, so here, here, ultimately, then, it seems you are conceding, conceding mm-hmm. uh, something in the argument because you're suggesting now it, it, there is, there's not an ultimate right or wrong here. It, it, it's simply a question of weighing up the pros and cons. No, and, there is and, a and, right in your, and in your mind, there is a right you seem to, to be conceding that it's wrong because on, on, on balance more harm is being caused than good. The, 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 I'm sure the, the advocates of this policy would just simply turn around and say, well, yes, it's tragic that innocent civilians are killed. Yes, many of the, 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 the stories that will be told are horrific. And yes, it's possible that some of those people that are, that, that, that are harmed in, in those strikes may go on to commit further acts of terrorism themselves. But on balance, we're targeting enemies of the of, of the US state and US population and it's 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 a necessary step on balance it seems to be the on, on, it seems on, to be just on a balance, question of on balance they're losing on balance they've lost but you haven't completely. made you don't seem to have made the case that it's that it's wrong in principle no not at all i've made that I mean, point very in, clear in that, sense, that legally they're on tricky territory because they can't in the vast majority of the cases I mean, the, they can't they can't actively show that the principles of necessity and proportionality. I'm an international lawyer. That's my background. And what I look at is law and how the law is applied. That is what I'm interested in. In the same way Guantanamo Bay, I want to know what is the evidence base that told you that that person and the entire wedding and the people in the surrounding environments that you killed and the double strike used afterwards okay. for aid workers who came right. to help those people, that sure. that was necessary and proportional. Okay, thank because you. Because I will tell thank you right you. now it's not. That, 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 that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Today we are glad to welcome Asim Qureshi, Research Director of CAGE, uh, into the studio to discuss uh, one of his articles <clears throat> on the Obama Doctrine about UK, or I beg your pardon, about US drone policy and targeted killings. Asim. Asim, you mentioned in the previous section why you believe drone strikes are harmful and illegitimate because of the consequences. Mm-hmm. You started to allude to why you actually believe in principle they're, they're incorrect, in principle why they're wrong, you know, on almost a kind of, uh, I think on a legal and perhaps, I'm not sure if you explore it to the same extent, a moral uh, level. If we can come back to that, because it's not something you explore too much in the article. And I, I think a lot of people would be uncomfortable with your position or find it unconvincing. Why is it, why is it uh, incorrect? The um, U.S. administration have set out a case of why they believe it's justified according to the to the laws of to the international law. Well, remember, I wrote this article very early into Obama's tenure, um, and what I was witnessing was a pattern emerging, where drones were being used uh, in a way that it hadn't been used previously. So the numbers were rising significantly. So that was very interesting for me from the perspective of why the change in policy. With Bush, the numbers were very few, but under Obama, they were increasing significantly. And it seemed that there was a shift in policy, right? So we had to look at why are they doing this? And they were doing it because I think it you, leaves... You've expl- we've explored a little bit why they okay. were doing it. Why, is it. why is it illegal? Why is it illegal? Why do you believe it's Ill- these drone strikes are illegal? 
I believe they're illegal you refer because to, to, because to rules they, of war. they yeah because they for a start they were at that time especially they were operating outside of the theater of war. Okay, so international law is very very clear about what the theater of is war it is. Yes, it is. Is it clear? Because absolutely, it's very clear. I, I'm, I'm I'm sure most viewers again who don't who don't come from who don't look at things with a very legalistic mindset would mm. say th there there is no defined theater of war there is no absolutely conflict is. the term you use conflict zone there is, there is there is an international terror threat mm -hmm. which has you know which has avowed which has vowed to rather carry war to the united states and its interests wherever they may be mm -hmm. uh, and u.s government and 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 its which allies have no option but mm -hmm to respond in a similar fashion which is perpetrated by the US so either the whole which entire in terms of that that's advocated by the yes. US right so either the entire world is a battlefield or we actually have to go back to what international law says so, what the law of nations throughout centuries well, have I been think building many people would be comfortable which is with, that, many people would be many people would I, I think comfortable many, is, is, is the many, incorrect is many the people incorrect have been comfortable with torture it doesn't make it right no not comfortable mm -hmm. right not comfortable would would accept the idea that because of mm -hmm. the actions of, of of a group of terrorists the US government and its allies have no option but to carry out this effort on an international global level and they'd be wrong Quite simply. Why? Why would they be wrong? Because for a start, legally, we have laws in place for a reason. You if know, there's... in order to maintain the order of the way in which conflict should take place. The law, you know, the laws of war are called international humanitarian law for if... a reason. We need the Geneva Conventions in order to help regulate, you know, warfare in a way that stops it becoming barbaric. Okay, which is the reason why we need prisoner of war protection, which is why when you don't afford prisoner of war protection to one side, the surely, other side starts to perpetrate surely, abuses. Surely what's barbaric is the mm. fact that in any country of the world, in any geographic location, unannounced, uh, any U.S. interests may be struck. The, a, US, a U.S. embassy could be, could be attacked, a U.S. oil refinery, or a company that is, has even some vague connection to the United States because it's viewed as part of the American or Zionist project will be attacked by these terrorists. Which is why you need and to find... And the U.S. has no option an, but to mm -hmm. re react. Which is why you need to find alternatives to breaking cycles of violence and killing doesn't break a cycle of violence. It perpetrates it. So you're coming really back to a moral, a moral point. The legal point. The legal point is important is the, is the, because the legal point is important. Well, it because, seems you move into a moral argument no, because the legal one wasn't really making no, sense. Because this is a political discussion at the same time. You have to take both things into account. The reason why we need the law is because the law reminds us, okay, really? about the yes. about the reason why human behavior should be regulated within certain boundaries, okay? Because when you don't regulate it, ultimately, you yeah. end ultimately, up you end up opening cans of these rules of these rules of war. You speak of you know the laws of war. They're, they're not set in stone. They're a fluid body of it's, it's a all. fluid body. Not at all. It's not. A, the Geneva agree, conventions well, are very very clear. For example, well, I mean, but the on, Geneva on, as example, aren't on who a civilian is. Yes. Okay, what civilian target? Uh, uh, target? What but collateral damage means? What torture means? What prisoner of war well, means? One of the belligerents don't even recognize Al Qaeda and uh, Islamic State, Daesh, and you know other Islamist terrorists of, of that ilk don't recognize the Geneva Convention. You know, the, the, it's legitimate. Then, surely that that that, that whole and idea it's, seems to be. And it's precisely, be... it's precisely in this circumstance 
that holding on to values is the most important thing. Because if you say that the barbarization of warfare is the only way that you can go to... Well, again, it, that's, that's it, a very turns, emotive term you've used. Well, of you, course, you've used barbarization. Of course, it is an emotive term because it's, it's an emotive issue. When people are being executed, when weddings are being blown up, okay, when there are mass civilian casualties, many more than actual targeted strikes against individuals, then it becomes an emotive issue because the people on the ground, they take it emotionally when you kill their family members without due cause. This is an emotive issue. We should never forget that. And that's part but of the problem with the debates emotive, around this, is that, is that nobody considers... Or, other, or course, citizens of France of course, or, 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 or Britain of that, that like, die in these terrorist attacks Hold on a second, well. hold on a second, okay? Let's not talk about it in that way. It is terrible when people in the West die and when people in the East die. It's exactly the same thing. There is no difference between either. The point is, how do you stop that taking place? And you don't stop it by using violence because that's not worked so far. It's never worked in history. And I doubt it's ever going to work again. Okay. And so what, what we're saying, there is a moral argument that's based on the law. Then there is a political argument that's based on what the reality on the ground is. And the reality on the ground is that people are increasingly disenfranchised. They're increasingly angry. And you cannot kill that grievance. You cannot bomb the grievance to death. I the more think, you bomb, the yeah, more the again, grievance festers. Again, this idea that, 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 that there's a policy to almost kind of to, to, to obliterate... Uh, um, an enemy is, is perhaps pushing it a little bit too far. It? It's, 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 Why? That's it's, exactly it's, the language it's, they it's, use. It's it's the, the 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 attempt and the aim is to target specifically those people that are, in a sense, initiating the conflict. And and, and if we if you well. If you have a comment on that, go ahead. Well, I think it's more complicated than initiating the conflict. I think that um, there is an entire history and politics which we can't go into right now. But my point is this, okay? Well, you have to look I mean, at realistically... It might be important how to explore do, at least in you, part. You know, you know, for many people, 9-11 was when the entire world began. Okay, That's not necessarily the case. There is an entire history and politics that sit there. There is, there is, there is. But, yeah. I mean, again... And it's important to understand that. It doesn't make 9-11 okay. It was a terrible tragedy. And it should never have happened. Okay, But the point is, you, you is that nothing that we have done you, since 9-11 has, has gotten rid of Al-Qaeda, right. gotten rid of that grievance, right. gotten rid of that sentiment. Okay. And it's only... Proliferated I think, around the I world think, even I think, further. I think that point would be accepted, uh, Asim. That and and yet, accepted, everything but, that we do right. perpetrates violence well, even further. Well, again, that's it. That would be perhaps where where people would part. Where where those who those who don't accept your views. So you think things are better than they you. were in two thousand and one? Not that they're better, mm -hmm. but that 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 U.S. policy or Western foreign policy is the cause or the has led to things getting worse. It's it's an attempt to alleviate the problem. It's an attempt to sort the problem out. And, the problem and in is fact, still there. Yeah, it's still there it's because still there. it hasn't been carried out properly. Okay, it so needs to be. We need to. We need to. We need to expand. Mm. We need to expand these drone strikes. We need to. We need to get more of these individuals. Mm -hmm. If we do that, I mean, for example, now we move on to Islamic State to Daesh. Yeah. The, the sensible thing to do is to go to war and try to try to dismantle. 
Daesh to try to dismantle the Islamic State. It would seem that your line of thinking would be that we should actually back down. We should let them sort down. of, you know, let them there has to be do what they want and then somehow try to at some point eventually hold them in front of a court of law. How they're ever going to get there in the first place, hmm. I think people would find somewhat questionable well, and an issue that you don't throughout, answer. Throughout, throughout history, we've done it on plenty of occasions. Look, I'm not saying that conflict is completely out of the question. I've re I recognize myself at some points you need to defend yourself from whatever else, right? But the point is, is this. We have to look and study at the way in which this conflict has developed. And we haven't learned any lessons from Afghanistan, from Iraq in the early 200, uh, 2000s. And we're in a situation now where we might end up repeating exactly the same mistakes that we made previously. But you, you, you have, you, you've mentioned this point then, that, that ultimately, in your view, things have really only escalated mm -hmm. post 9-11. They may well have escalated, but, but ultimately there has to be, people would, would argue, uh, an argument to establish who is morally culpable for that. That that escalation has occurred that's because there is you, one side. Not, there is one side. There is violence. one. There is one belligerent. That's not how you right, That is that is hell bent on exterminating the other. You know, if if we look at you know if we just explore Kashi, that to is a nonsense with, argument because if you look at Ireland and the history of Ireland, you're well, talking about you're talking Irish about cycles of Irish republicanism and Islamic jihadism are two very different things you know ultimately you not, have, not you, in have essence. A in essence, you have a jihadist threat they are both threat. based around a grievance at their well, essence they are both based I around I don't think this is I think this is fundamentally where people would disagree with you that there is jihadists do not have a grievance at root at root ISIS, they have ISIS, a world view however that much, they want however to however much impose. I might I, I might dislike ISIS's views on their own caliphate or the world or whatever the reality is this that they made no attempt and no suggestion that they were going to attack any target in the West before the airstrike started on them. Now, I'm not saying that means that they should just be left alone and that it's okay that they're there. It's not. But that's not the point. The point is we have to look at why it is that we have an increased threat in the Western world based around our own actions in that part of the world. And when we think about that and we understand it, we can figure out ways of breaking those cycles of violence because conflict hasn't resolved this issue. Previous conflicts were not resolved through increased amounts of violence. Jazakallah khair, Asim Qureshi. Jazakallah khair also to the viewers for following the discussion today. I hope you all found it interesting and enlightening. Um, inshallah, you can go back to the website to read further, to read Asim's article and to read further articles, some of which will be explored in future episodes and I hope you will join us for some of those discussions as well. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.